Clap for the glory himself. Clap for Jesus. First Corinthians chapter number 3 and verse 1. I want to read from verse 1 to 3. As I begin to run. And I brethren could not speak to you as to spiritual people. But as unto carnal. Even as to babes yet in Christ. I fed you with milk and, do, and, and not with solid food. For until now, you have not been able to receive or bear it. And even now, you are still not able. For if you are, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and division amongst you, are you not carnal? And that you are behaving like mere men. Father, we trust that within the confines of time that we have, you cut up also onto where they belong. In Jesus' name. Please be seated. God bless you. Love you, Raiva. God bless you. These Christians in Corinth, they love Jesus. But they also love the world. You know, if you're listening to me right now, I want to celebrate you and appreciate your joining this broadcast all over the world. Maybe you're watching from the campus. Maybe you're a worker. You love God. You know you love God. There's been a question in your spirit. And the question has been, what do I need to do to matter in my generation? How do I see the power of God? How do I see his glory? How do I see his hand upon me? What do I need to do? The first thing I want you to know is that God has brought you forth in Christ Jesus so you can be like him. And how to be like him is to keep growing every day. You need to learn how to move from carnality to spirituality. There is no carnality in God. You are not saved so that, okay, you'll be cool and you just come in and you just be who you've always been, but now a sanctimonious, you know, polished type of who you've always been. He wants real change in us. So these guys were born again, and everybody gets born as a baby. But they refuse to grow. They refuse to grow. They're always complaining. There's division. There's strife. There's jealousy. There's gossip. You couldn't really tell. If, they, if you didn't meet them in church, or they didn't have a sticker behind their car, you couldn't tell if they were Christians. 
So if you met them in church, you're like, whoa, you're cool. You dress well. You talk well. So you attend this church. And then on the other end, when we see you outside, we couldn't tell. We would not be able to tell that you're a Christian. And this is what is happening now in the 21st century that is making Christians lack power. When I say power, I'm not talking about people falling down. But the reality of the gospel being apparent in your life. If the Bible says we are the head, all Christians ought to be head and not the tail. These are the things limiting the power of God in our lives. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, if you read Romans chapter 8 and verse 5, the Bible says, but if the Romans 8 and verse 5, not 3, 8 and verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh, let me tell you what they do, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Somebody greeted me. They didn't greet me in that church. They didn't come for this. They didn't come for that. That is what Christians are preoccupied with and they've stopped doing exploits. So God cannot supply what is needed. And I'm telling you the truth. I understand grace. If you want to advance and see more of God, this side you must handle. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on... They, don't, they do not set their minds... Those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. Look at the next verse. The Bible says, for to be carnally minded is introducing death to the life you have received, to the grace upon your life, to the anointing upon you, it renders it useless. You have that form, but the power that you drive it has been shut down. But the Bible says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you look at verse 7, he said because he explains to you the carnal mind is enmity against God. So this guy starts to shoot himself with the weapon God has given to him. The devil understands this. So he doesn't want to say to you that you're not born again. He doesn't want to stop you from coming to church. But he will make sure that you don't move from carnality to spirituality because he knows that despite the love with which God has loved you when you are carnal you become an enemy of God and I'm going to try within the short time that I have to explain a lot to you for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be so that lifestyle is not subject to the law of God Jesus says come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden I will give you rest after rest, take up my yoke and learn. Because there are, there's, a, there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that is different from the law of Moses. Look at verse 8 of Romans chapter number 8. The Bible says, so then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. This is exactly what Apostle Paul was saying that the moment you are out of faith, you can't please God. But you and I know that what trains right now is for you to come to church, even distribute the ivy of your party at the club. You know, just mix the two. Don't be too hot. Don't be too cold. People love you. They accept you. Jesus said emphatically ahead of time, he says, if the world loves you, he says, woe unto you. You can't walk in the blessing. Now, you don't hear a lot of this in 21st century, but just in case... You came in the church this morning hoping to know what the Lord wants you to do. You are the one I am sent to. Not those who want to hold their opinion. You've come to the end of yourself and you want to say, Lord, speak to me this morning. What do I need to know? You are the one I am sent to. Not those who still want, because there's nothing I can do to you that can, that can change you. I don't pay your bills. But just in case you want to know, this is the truth. In Revelation 3 and verse 14, this is really scary. Don't let us even talk about when Jesus says that when I see you in those days, some will say, I've done this for you, have done this for you, even heal the sick in your name, and I will say, I never knew you. Don't let us even talk about that. So after Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead, he stayed for 40 days to put things in place. Then he left for years. Then he came back to appraise the church. This was when he came to appraise the church. Now, is this not interesting? This is good for me to have a kind of uh, pre-knowledge of how Jesus will appraise me. I, I don't want to wait till I see him when I can add value. 
Why, why, why can't I just look at how he appraised some Christians so I can see if, because I'm not different, there is no 21st century, there's no cool principle. It's the same thing. I think I'll preach to these people here. And to the angel, now he's talking to the pastor of a church. It was a Laodicean church. When I tell you, past benevolence gives rise to Laodicean boasting. This is where I got it from. Because these guys were boasting about who they used to be. If you see yourself, say, huh, when Kuzar just started, you are in trouble. When I used to fast, you are in trouble. Ah! Those days when I was on fire, I've come down. Now. You are in trouble. The Bible says unto the angel of the church in Laodiceans, write. This thing says the amen. See Jesus talking. The faithful, the true witness, the beginning of creation of God. Next verse. And he says, I know your works. Jesus did not ask about the grace upon them. Jesus is not talking about what he did for them. He was talking about what they did with what he gave them. But what's trending now is, no, 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 no. Everything has been done. I've received righteousness as a gift. It's true. But you've been saved to do good works. I know your works. Jesus didn't ask them for grace upon them. He didn't ask them for the new creation status. He was talking about what they did with what he gave them. I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. And he says something fantastic that most preachers some have preached good, some have preached wrong. They said, I could wish that you were hot, not cold. I could wish you were cold or hot. Let me quickly explain this because of time. Jesus Christ doesn't want a Christian to be cold. He wants you to be hot. But he's trying to describe a condition that is a deceptive condition. So when they preach a message and they tell those who are hot... That it could be hotter. That guy is not there because he thinks I'm not hot. When revival grace comes to church and God is trying to save those who are cold, he says, oh, I wish Sister Becky was in church today. Because actually of a truth, it's not cold. It's in the middle. So it cannot be helped. It's not even useful. You are in a deceptive circumstance because... They even see you more in church. You come early and you come all the time. The door of the church is open. Probably you have a position in church. And you are lukewarm. Look at what it says in the next verse. I'm reading down. It says, so then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Will you shout a loud amen in the name of Jesus? Jesus will never vomit you out. So then, because you are lukewarm, look at that. In the next verse, verse 17, says, because you say, I am rich, and I've become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. Have you realized that the church in the 21st century is not like the church that those of you that have been born again for 25 years, is not the same. Right now, those who are struggling, who are poor, if you're nobody, your job is not a real thing, then you join the workforce. Then you clean the church for a while and we come and say, okay, yeah. The tithe we are paying is enough. Because comfort and prosperity, if not well put in perspective, can stand between you and God. Pride and all those things. And in case you've been thinking, what happened to the fire I had before I got this job? What happened to the fire I had when I was in school? I'm looking for this church that can spark this fire. You are like Seneca slave in Grecian mythology. She woke up and said to her master, this house is dark. The problem was not with the house. They discovered she was blind. Something is wrong with you personally, no matter the church you jumped to. Even though a church can help you. Sometimes you need to get out of a town for you to see. The carnal Christian is a lukewarm Christian. He's in between positions. He's neither there nor here. He's a bit of this and it's a bit of that. So, he's a bit of cold, he's a bit of hot. You can't tell exactly what it belongs to. Please, I don't want you to think that this guy doesn't love Jesus. He loves Jesus. But, he loves Satan too. 
He loves church. But he also loves the companions of fools. He has not caught that cord that connected him to the world. When Joshua took over the leadership of Israel, one mistake that Moses made because he had a heart of a pastor, he was very kind and it's good to be kind. But he didn't understand them because he didn't live amongst them. Moses had an encounter from when he was young. It, didn't, it wasn't when he met the Lord at the burning bush that he had an encounter with the Lord. He grew up with a mindset that those guys didn't grow up with. Sometimes, as a pastor, particularly those who teach grace, they are teaching it from their perspective to people who didn't have their foundation. So the thing is resting on the wrong when it tells you uh, uh, you don't have any other price to pay. He understands how to fast once in a week. He was raised that way. He understands how to send money to missions. But this one doesn't know. This one was raised with movies. So what you are saying is true, but he's landing on the, wrong, on the wrong perspective. If Jesus preached a message and his disciples got him wrong, who says you, people will not get you wrong? He says, be careful of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They say, yeah, we forgot bread. He didn't know, they didn't know he was talking about the doctrine. So Moses, from when he was young, with all the luxury in the palace of, of, of Pharaoh, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And moved, left everything and moved. But these guys were slaves all their lives. They were pursuing things, not God. So he didn't understand how to handle them. But Joshua grew up among them. And Joshua had walked closer to Moses. So when he became a leader... Moses was, you know, pampering there. He didn't know how to handle it. And they were going around and around for 40 years. Joshua said, today, I'm now the leader. In three days, we're crossing. You know what he did? Everyone, remember, everyone that was born in Egypt was circumcised. But those who were born in the wilderness, Moses was like, no, no, don't let me do this. Let's understand. They're already in pains. Uh, let's leave them. So they had become 40 years old with extra flesh that ought to have been cut off. A lot of us have grown up in church with extra flesh that ought to have been cut off, which you indulge. And Joshua said, everyone that will cross with me, you have to cut it off. Now, if you're a lady, you thought you understood what I said, but you have no idea. The men in this place, as I'm saying it, they are squeezing their faces because they could imagine what, will, what happened to them when they circumcised them? The cut of the extra flesh upon what should to produce and reproduce them in their destiny. What is the extra flesh in your life that you're indulging? If you ask these guys in the wilderness, they had the best church, shiny, with gold, the tabernacle. Even though they built it inside them, they still had flesh in them. That was why when Moses went for 40 days, they quickly threw their gold that the Lord blessed them with to a carnal Christian. Anything God gives to them, he uses it against God and themselves. And that's why you have to cut that extra flesh off so you can enter into what the Lord has asked you to do. This is a very old demon. Very, very old demon. It's not new. In 1 Kings 18, 21, that was the problem of Israel. If you wanted to matter, you wanted to be cool, you wanted to get contracts from Asherah, you wanted the higher mighty to relate with you. You had to worship also Baal. And then people began to rationalize and say, hey, 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 why are people, how can you say it's just one way to God? I, I heard one musician, I've always had a reservation about saying nonsense recently. Because most African Americans, I'm sorry, I have a lot of friends, they are, they are not, exactly, exactly like what God said about Israel. He said, when you were born, have you seen a baby born before? It's born with blood. They wash that baby. They clean the baby. They put olive on the baby and they salt the baby in those days. And God said to Israel, you, I, I gave birth to you, but you are not washed. You are not salted. Now, how, how nice would the baby be? Wrapped in swaddling clothes, but stinking. That's the way most, not every, African-American Christians are. They go to church, they jump up in church, they have fun, but they don't understand what kingdom is. They can say anything. It's not because they hate church, but they don't understand the dichotomy between the two kingdoms. They want to sound nice. They want to sound politically correct. 
And just in case uh, you are also dealing with that, get home and ask the Holy Spirit for that. Elijah came to them because there was a wife in the Asorok called Jezebel. Please don't think Jezebel is a female, it's a spirit that wants to stand in power and manipulate somebody who should have had a relationship with God, manipulate them with physical things, body features, intellectual, several stuffs to make them feel, to relate to, to things. From, I mean, Jezebel will be beautiful, excellent, her ideas are world overcome. She's bold. A prophet that killed 450 prophets of Baal, she said to him, if your head is upon your neck, by tomorrow, I don't, serve, I don't serve Baal. And the prophet started shaking. These are people with results. The Bible says Elijah came to all the people because Israel was in the middle. He said, how long will you falter between two opinions? You are neither cold, cold nor hot. How long will you be in the middle? God cannot bless you that way. That's the reason why there has not been rain. That's the reason why you've not seen the blessings of the Lord. And these things were written for our examples. Child of God, listen to me. Think about it. Think about the things that you should be walking in, but God, for the love for you, has held it back. Because you will self-destruct if you keep living this way. He said, if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. Guess what? The people answered not a word. Look at the message translation. The Bible says, Elijah said to the people, message translation, Elijah challenged the people, how long are you going to sit on the fence? Look at your neighbor and say, mm. ha. if God is real, follow him. If Baal is real, follow him. Make up your mind. But nobody said a word. Nobody made a move. That's some of your positions on social media. When I look at your page, I see you on the fence. Oh yeah, I see you on the fence. You come to church, oh my God, Jesus, I love you. Sunday is for selfies in church and to acknowledge God. From Monday, for Sunday evening. When you go for weddings, you go there and dress anyhow and talk anyhow. And extol any kind of music. Drink anything you're served with. What made Daniel to stand out? He proposed in his heart not to defile himself with the delicacies of the king's table. Now, the things I'm telling you may not all go well with you, may not, but just in case you've been asking, Lord, how can I? The Bible says, don't be unwise. Don't be foolish. Don't be thoughtless. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians 5, I think from verse 17. From verse 17. Amen? Amen? Do you know I stand here and I'm wondering why do people sleep at 8.30 in the morning? Did you go to the club? <laughs> First Corinthians 10.21. Quickly, let me run. Let me ignore. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and drink the cup of demons. Guys, let me tell you the truth. This is something all of us are dealing with. You think, yeah, I can do this and I can still do this. Again, just in case you want to know what the Lord wants you to do. When will you stand out? When will you stand out and say, this is what, when will you be bold? When will you stop being passive? Should a girl that is not married go and sleep in the house of a boyfriend an average 21st century Christian would say, it depends. Don't judge people. Don't judge people. And it's not good to judge people because we are all recipients of mercy. However, if you say don't judge people, what do you mean? So, there is a member of the choir who wants to be seen at the Hilton drinking. And when someone says, you can do this, don't judge me. And then, I like Koza. What do you like about Koza? You know, they, nobody judges nobody. Is that the will of the Lord? No, I'm trying to use your, your terms. Again, everybody here is a recipient of mercy. So don't judge people, don't 
pull people down, particularly spreading things about people, when you also have things you're doing. So what is happening now is you see a lot of people, I have my own issue, I cover it, but I judge you, I spread it, I say this one. I say, 80% of the things they say about all the people that are close to you, or let me even say church, it's from church members. And the Bible says when Saul died, that David said, may he not be heard among the heathens, lest they start glorying in that. In 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14, are you getting something? 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what koinonia, fellowship is not we are gathered together, fellowship is koinonia. Koinonia does not mean you don't work with them, you don't talk to them. It doesn't even mean you don't call them once in a while. But they are the ones you talk to the most. They are the ones you hang out with. So you have a life in church. And you've perfected it that nobody knows anything about. They don't even know your house. So you have this other set of friends. So in church they think you're cool because nobody knows anything about you. And you did it by design. The devil gave you that template. So you now, you now have this set of friends and you deceive yourself that no, 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 they're just fun to be with. They're my friends. I know what I'm doing. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. I'm still going to come back to 2 Corinthians 6, 14. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, do not be 33. Do not be what? Come on, talk to me. Why will he say that? As early as when the Holy Ghost was fresh, people were deceived. Not to talk about now. Do not be deceived. What does it mean to be deceived? You actually thought you knew what you were doing. You actually thought you were smart. You actually thought, no, 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 no. Nobody should talk to me. I'm mature. Nobody should run my life. I pay my bills. Evil company. Oh, this is old English. Can you give me New Living Translation? Don't be fooled by those who say such things. Because bad company corrupts good character. And it's very easy to understand what I just told you. Take the best water. The best potable water. Put small gutter water in there and say, clean water. Clean the bad water. It will not happen. Small one would defy it. Are you all still here? So when I know the people you're spending your time with, I just know that you're a better pretender. Because you don't even need to do things for you to have done them in the New Testament. Just the thought of them, you've done it. So, Think about it. Second Corinthians 6.14 says, what fellowship? So I wanted to see two things here as I begin to run. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So there's unbeliever, there's believer. What fellowship? See what they call them? As righteousness with lawlessness. So there's unbeliever, there's lawlessness. There's righteousness, there's somebody submitted to the law of God. And what communion, the same coming down here, as light, they call this one light, they call that person darkness. It doesn't matter the designers are where. It doesn't matter how educated they, they are. God is saying, what kind of relationship is that? Those are your best friends. And look at what it says here. What accord has Christ? What's the spirit that walks in Christians? Christ. Now when they mention Belial now, guess the spirit that walks in these people? Belial. So if the devil wants to deal with you, he just makes Belial talk to you through your friends. Some people, once you call them a few times a day or you, you, have, you give them attention, they just think that is all there is about life. What part as a believer with an unbeliever? So you need to know this. I was alive, I was already a Christian when Christians started saying, that Christian brothers are boring. And that's true. That's true. Some Christian brothers, are, when I do some things sometimes, when I crack some jokes, I tell you, I mention some slangs, I am trying to influence the brothers. Sometimes I'm preaching and I'm telling them how to talk to ladies. Have you, have you heard me do that? Because it, that can be condescending. That can make you stalk. 
that may be impredict to your social life. But you don't because you want to be social. That's start to sell your soul. Who are you trying to impress? Who, who is that person? Do you know that if you are a good student of the word of God, where you see an unbeliever, you actually pity them? You don't know? Let me tell you something that you've not thought about. You can't survive in this world without a spiritual impact. Nobody can. Let anybody who is doing anything in the secular world today come and swear that the way he presents himself as an atheist is who he is. You should come and swear. Nobody can consistently move up without the influence of a spiritual world. So when I see you not on my side, I know what's driving you. I know what's driving you. I pity you because I know your end. In uh, Ephesians 2 and verse 12, I don't know if you've read it before. The Bible says, remember that at that time, when you were without Christ, so it's describing someone without Christ, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. And he was talking to Gentiles in Ephesus. And you were strangers from the covenants of the promise. You had no hope. Look at me. The unbeliever, you know, has no hope. Except he don't believe scriptures. The devil is just waiting for the day. He's going to make him pepper soup. He has no hope and is without God in this world. And he's, uh, he's actually not a religious person, but he's spiritual. I know. I know he's spiritual. Because it deals with the spiritual world. I know it's spiritual. I know. When you are looking at the biography of all these inventors and all these technocrats, look at their houses. Whether you're not going to see Buddha somewhere or, they, or one stone. Go to Tom Ford. Go to all the designers. You'll see one stone at one. You'll think, oh, it's just marble. It's, come on, talk to me. I'm smarter than that. Nothing exists in the vacuum. Nothing. On earth here, spirits invaded the earth, including the Holy Ghost. They are after men. Nobody can do well being neutral. Nobody. They just didn't tell you the truth. But you, you are neither here nor there. I wish I could show you four scriptures why the devil can never accept you. But you are learning after the devil. <laughs> You've been marked. You can never do well. You will only be on salary and make few money here and there. Your voice cannot be loud except you follow. It's just like the children of Israel getting to the gate of Jericho and hitting the gate. The gate was designed never to crash. It's only kingdom strategy that can bring it down. It's dummy, it's foolish, but that's the only way you can enter the promised land. Now, what I'm sharing with you is not for babies. I'm sharing with you at the risk of someone thinking I'm one uneducated pastor who just talks about spiritual things and doesn't tell people what to do. You have even done everything you need to do. Look at where you are. There's more. There's more. Except the Lord build the house. The labor in vain will build it. The labor of fools weary them because they don't know how to enter the city. And I understand that people from our Lagos church are watching. That city has been infested with what I'm sharing with you. If you don't, if you don't snatch yourself out, you will believe what you believe and you'll be wondering why you're on a spot until you join them. But you will not join them. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Revelation 23, beg your pardon, Proverbs 23, verse 26, God says, my son, give me your heart, not your money. The reason why your money will matter is because you've given, if you've given me your heart, there's no other thing you cannot give me. God says, I don't want you to give me your pocket, give me your heart. But when you give me your heart, what will happen is that your eyes will observe my ways of doing things. 
So Jesus said to them in Revelation 3.15, if you look at the Amplified Bible of Revelation 3.15, it says to them, I know the record of your works and what you're doing. You're neither cold nor hot. Would, would, would that you were cold or hot? Look at this. Uh, it says, so because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. 17, everybody. For you say, I am rich. I have prospered, grown wealthy, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm in need of nothing. And you do not realize and understand that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, naked. Someone every day is dancing, showing his prosperity on Instagram, and God says, You are wretched. You are pitiable. If you don't think this way, you are carnally minded. What, do, what will an ambassador do when you ask him of his opinion? He stands where his own country stands. And if you are ambassadors of Christ, it is what your, the head of your government says that you must believe. So how do you see an unbeliever now? That's why you must reach out to them. You can't be hanging around them and leave them the same way because they have money and they are progressing in their career. You must see them as wretched, pitiable. Don't tell them more. You say, what's wrong with you? You are pitiable, you are wretched. <laughs> he lives in the flesh dimension. He's going to slap you. Blind and naked. Exposed to the attack of the enemy anytime. That's who they are. Some of you have cousins like that. You live together, you think they are cool. You think they are sharp and you leave them in that state. And before long, even you, your love for Jesus is waxing cold. That will not be your portion. That will not be your portion. I prophesy to you that in the name of Jesus, everything that concerns you is shifting in your direction. James chapter 4 verse 4, I want it to be my last scripture because of time. James chapter 4 verse 4. It says, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Now, while adultery is not good, this does not refer to normal adultery. If you look at the Amplified Bible, Amplified Bible, it says you are like unfaithful wives, having illicit affairs with the world. So it wasn't just talking about the physical adultery. It was talking about your relationship with God and then you are having something to do with those guys again. It says God looks at you like an adulterer. It says you are having illicit affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vows to God. Hmm? When the secular artists bring out their latest, it's on your page, you are going to see it. You will dance. In church you don't dance huh? Why? I'm shy. You don't preach to people. You are afraid for the world to know your opinion. And you know, shame on us for that. Because a Muslim will tell you, this is it. They will not allow airlines to come to their country that does not have a mark or where they should face, even to pray while flying. I was flying from Dubai to London one day. I went to preach for Pastor Matthew. And I looked and I saw the sign in British Airways where to face. There's a sign in British Airways that is the eastern part you want to pray. Where is the sign for a Christian to stand? Where, where, where is the space? There's no mall, there's nowhere. I have been with my wife in Dubai during fasting. My wife was pregnant of one of our kids. I can't remember. And she needed food. They told her, you can't eat. We are all fasting. There is no Christian nation that can say that. Be thinking about it though. You are passive. You are passive. Even your spouse does not really know where you stand. Your kids actually see you in church. And they look at you, they say, oh, mommy. 
a lady broke his relationship with a boyfriend and I had to talk to them. And the lady said, Pastor, I'm afraid. I said, what happened? I said, well, we want, I, I want my boyfriend to pray with me. And she's like, he's always checking his phone while we're praying and everything. But during the service, I look at him like, oh, this guy's a hypocrite. He's going like this. <laughs> so this guy said, I am rich. Every time you are dealing with lukewarmness, you will talk more than your action. You know I love God. I don't know. Now everybody go and look at people you know. Go, people you know in church. Go and look at their Instagram handle. Be other fat table. Jesus lover. You don't need to say it. We will know. You have said I'm rich. You will be saying. Mother, you are. Am I? <laughs> Jesus lover. Uh, covenant girl. You don't need to tell us. We will know. We will know. The Lord spoke to us that for the next 90 days, we're going to be meeting here 6 a.m. 6 a.m. to 7 to pray. You will not imagine, you can't imagine how many complaints I've, I've received. So I want to say to you, don't complain. Just don't come. Don't discourage others. Don't come. It's not by force. It's only my leaders that I say, if you are my leader, you have to be here. So anybody, and we are streaming online, so don't, you may not come. You may not come. But remember, you are like that when it comes to God. Anything that tampers with your comfort in God, you ditch God. It has to change. When will you even sacrifice something? 90 days. 90 days. It came for three and a half years. It came for 33 and a half years for you. 90 days. And it's about you to take God's prophetic word and work on it. Uh-uh. You're ready. You mean I'm going to do this? You, you mean I'm going to? You mean I'm going to? You mean I'm going to? <laughs> It's not for everybody. You can exempt yourself. I will never come and say, why didn't you come? James chapter 4 verse 4. You're watching from Portacord, from America, anywhere you are. We're going to be online. And we're going to be praying. And guess what? Most prayers will be about kingdom stuff. Because when you pray about kingdom stuff, and then you have 10 minutes to do personal supplication, boom, 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 boom. It's better than when you spend two hours praying for yourself. He said, because you, 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 you receive not because you did not ask. He said, but you ask and have not because you asked and miss. How did you ask and miss? Because everything you asked about was about you. That's what the Bible says. So look at what it says here. Uh, look at the message translation as I close on this. So you are cheating on God. Oh, come on. If all you want is your own way. Flirting with the world every chance you get. And I don't want to preach this general message because people don't perceive things properly. Hmm? You're about to get married. Out of everything you are going to do in the next three months, the dance class is on a high level. Trying of your clothes. So, those things are fantastic. I wouldn't like to come for your wedding and you're not looking. I wouldn't like it. I'm going, to call your, I'm going to call your husband aside and say, is something wrong with you? Should be nice. Your wedding should be well organized. Everything should look cozy tight. However, 
you don't you don't just dwell on all those activities father's dance mother's dance everything the world has snatched it and they that's why people don't even attend church services anymore they we meet at the reception what you don't realize is this child of god listening to me you may be listening from anywhere it is not everything that they join together that the world cannot put us under. It is what God joins together that man cannot put us under. What God joins together. You don't know that that wedding is a miracle. That two becomes one. It's a miracle. It's the exact allegory of God in three persons becoming one. It takes a miracle to make that happen. That was what the devil hated the most about Adam in the Garden of Eden. There are two institutions that are attacked the most. Church and marriage. You focus on one day, wedding. You abandon marriage. Even the classes, you just, you just come. You do your face like the other. Everything they're advising you, they're telling you, you don't want to listen. Because of the world mindset. You can't, I mean, we get inspired every day by several things, but you can't base your life on world standards and expect to have the kingdom results. To be carnally minded is death. So Jesus says, you need a hard knuckle. Think about it today as a round off. What are your plans for 2021? Do you still want to remain lukewarm? Standing in the middle, being passive, halting between two opinions. Is that what you want to do? Or you want to say, Jesus, use me. Use my structure. Use what you've given to me. In Matthew 6, 24. Matthew 6 and verse 24. The Bible says, no one, no one can serve two masters. It's either you hate the one and love the other, or else you'll be loyal to the one. You don't hang around the other. You despise it. You cannot serve God and mammon. Let us pray. Father, I've shared your word with your precious people. Let this word be rooted. I pray for marriages. I pray for lives. I pray for careers. There are businesses represented here. There are destinies represented. People listening to me all over the world. I pray, my Father, that nobody here will listen to this in vain. That this word will bring revelation to our heart. We will not remain the same. Thank you, Father. I wanted to reach out to the Lord where you are on your seat, except you are led to stand up and say, Lord, I don't want to be like Lot's wife. You rescued me from Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord, don't let me look back. Let me advance. Decree and declare that my path is like a shining light. I'm shining ever brighter. This is the least I will ever be. In the name of Jesus. Every friend I have, every alliance I have that is dragging me back. My father, I hand them over to you now. Now, right where you are, begin to make quality decision on what you want to do. No more halting between two opinions. Begin to pray about the next thing that the Lord has placed on your inside. As I was preaching, the Lord told you to get out of the place. The Lord told you, stop communication with a certain thing or a certain person. Stop watching something. As I was preaching, the Lord spoke to somebody. You need to start winning souls. Begin to pray about it. Because Jesus said to the Laodicean church, I know your works. And when I weigh your works, you are neither hot nor cold. Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God.
Jesus, the Son of God. I believe in you. Mighty Father, I believe in you. Jesus, the Son of God. Reach out to him. This is the way I minister. The dew of heaven is dropping on you already. The power for you to do it is dropping on you already. Reach out to him, somebody. Jesus, the Son of God. I believe in you. Come on, go ahead and talk to the Lord where you are. May your life not be ordinary. May you not hide in your heart today. Come on. One more time. Reach out to the Lord, somebody. Go ahead and pray. Come on, go ahead and pray. Don't you know that friendship with this world is tantamount to enmity with God? That's the plot of the enemy. Be cool, but be spiritual. To be spiritual means to think scriptures. When God says this is white, you think it's white. That's spirituality. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say after me, say Jesus. That's not everybody. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. I heard your word. And I believed your word. I confess Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe that he was buried. I believe that on the third day, he was raised from the dead. Jesus, everything standing between me and you, I release it now. I sow it now. Let today be the first day of the rest of my life. I am empowered to say yes to you. Holy Spirit, take over my life. Thank you, Father, for eternal life is in me. In Jesus' name. Somebody clap about it. You don't look excited. Do you? Are you? I want to give you a personal invitation to refresh. We start tomorrow. It's not just a program. We are fasting. So we come here at 6 and we, we break together. We, we fellowship.